From Johannesburg to Jerusalem, the world is always changing, growing and innovating. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he brings you the trendsetters, the thought leaders and those creating news before it happens. Only on the New Blue Review, your favorite Jewish culture and current affairs show. Every Monday at 9 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. You're listening to 101.9 High FM. It's the bigger, better, fatter, funner election day special of the show. It's going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. And because, of course, it is the elections, and all we've really done is talk about elections uh, or some version of them on this show for the last, gosh, at least a month since they were announced. We obviously had to focus in on what is going on, and we're going to be bringing you all the details, how you can vote, where you can vote, when you can vote, what are the issues, how are things going. It's it's going to be a fantastic show. So we're going to be breaking stuff up a little bit. Normally, we would go to Rob Hutchinson towards the end of the show. We talk to him about Parliament. So we're going to be having him right up at the beginning of the show, talking to us about different elements of the elections, things about candidates, looking at some of the practicalities, the lines, the pens, all of this sort of thing. Uh, so that is going to be pretty much the focus of the first part of the show. And then towards the end, we are going to do the Israel Bite. We're talking about a corona oral tablet that could be an option rather than a vaccine coming out of Israel. Uh, they have started looking at it. And have now gotten permission to test in South Africa. So it's quite an interesting one. Uh, I'm not sure why they're doing it here, but uh, I'm sure there's some very interesting reasons. So we're going to be going into that, looking at some other issues around what's going on with the Abraham Accords uh, and, uh, and joint military exercises, all sorts of things like that. But first, we are going to be starting off with the elections. And first up is going to be our guest, Rob Hutchinson, I'm Benji Shulman, and welcome to the New Blue Review. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 High FM, it's the election day special, and we are just talking all about the elections because it is happening today, and we've been doing a huge focus on it for the last month. And the person who's been helping us with it, uh, to some extent, is Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa. Rob, how are you doing? Very well, and yourself, Benji? Great to have you on. Thanks so much for joining us for our Election Day special. Uh, I really appreciate the extra time that you are putting in with us because we'd really rather no one else be on the show with us. And I just wanted to start with an interesting point, which I think is being missed by a lot in the media. And it's a point around, first, humility, and second of all, gratitude, because you know, people like to moan about how nothing works in South Africa and the Constitution is under threat and all of this kind of stuff, and those are all real. But the truth is we nearly didn't have this election because the IEC wanted to move it to February because of corona, and they did a whole bag of tricks. And in the end, it was only because civil society stood up and said, hey, guys, you can't do this, that we actually got an election in the in because they went to the Constitutional Court and actually took them to court. And I just thought it was an interesting point to make because – in the end, despite, you know, maybe you can say the ISC had some very valid concerns, but not only have we managed to drop it right in the middle of whatever wave might be coming next or before the, the, the valley, rather, whatever wave is coming next, but uh, we've managed to do it in line with the Constitution so that the, there's no funny business moving election dates around now or hopefully not in the future. 
Absolutely. And that, that was a great campaign and a great opportunity and a great example of how a participative democracy can and does actually work when the people stand up and voice their opinions and make their voices heard and actually have an impact in government government decisions. It was great. It was a, a concern that was raised by the ANC and the EFF at, at the time in national parliament as to whether the environment, given the COVID, the, the COVID pandemic would be actually conducive to holding a, a local elections. And they put out a commission with, and a report which had to be produced, but it also required uh, input from, from the public. And I know as an organization, we sent, we sent quite a few through. We facilitated that process and about 22,000 people had their say. And yeah, it, it, it was great to see the public say, no, let's have the elections. We cannot delay this any longer. The COVID isn't as great of a threat to elections as uh, the ANC or the EFF might have uh, pretended it was. Let's hold the elections. And that it placed a bit of pressure on political parties, I think, to get their campaigning correct and, and up to scratch in a, in a very short period of time. And you can see who definitely had their campaign messaging together and who didn't. The Some of the parties who have focused on local municipal issues have seemed to have got it right and have been prepared, whereas others are focusing on national issues, which really have little relevance in these local municipal elections. So it's going to be an exciting time. I think today is really proving proving great. We've seen a reasonable turnout at, at some, some polling stations, and we're hoping to get some reports back and see how others are doing. So let's talk first of all about some of the practicalities, just get it out the way, uh, so to speak, but also because it is sort of important if someone is traveling, listening to us, thinking, oh, okay, I want to go vote, uh, what do I need to do? So you need your green barcoded ID or your smart uh, ID, and, um, and and that's pretty much it, right? You don't need anything else to vote, and you can't use anything else to vote. You can't use your passport or your driver's license or anything like that. No, definitely not. So it can only be your green uh, barcoded ID book, as you say, or your smart ID ID uh, card, and then they'll they'll check if you have registered in in that area, and then you can go and cast your vote. And I must stress, they they won't know who you're voting for. They just tick you off on a on a list to see if you have actually voted or or not. That's that's the only point of the list. And if you there are concessions if you want to, if you're not in the area that you registered in, you can vote in, in other areas. Um, but yeah, it's preferable to vote in the area that, that you are registered in. After all, this is a municipal election. Well, and, and that will also give you, um, if you do that, you also get a chance to, to, to only vote once if you don't vote in the area in which you live, because you do get two ballots, right? You get, your ward councillor ballot, and there you're actually voting for a specific person who's going to represent you in your area in council. And then you get what's called the PR ballot, the proportional representation ballot, which goes towards what party will also be representing you uh, in a totality in the council. And so if you're not voting in your specific ward where you are registered, then, then you're only going to get a PR ballot, I'm assuming. That's correct. That's correct. So it's obviously best to vote in your ward as close to home where you want services delivered and then make sure that they are and select the right candidate as well. Right. So, okay. So you go, you take your barcode at Ivy. We have a kind of unusual system, Rob, um, 
I don't know any other country in the world that has a zip zap machine. Uh, apparently, from what I've been told by IEC officials, that actually came through by mistake because they they were trying to get a voters' roll in '94, which was uh, representative of the whole population. They didn't know how to do it, uh, and so someone came up with this idea of using basically a barcode scanner, like they do in supermarkets, to to make sure that everyone is ticked off. And so we have the zip zap machine, which is an unusual part of uh, the South African experience. And then, of course, they put that thing on your thumb and they uh, and, and they scratch out the name on the voters' roll. So that all goes to making sure that things are, are are very safe and transparent and safe at the same time. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's actually quite a good system, if, if you think about it. The only drawback of the zip-zap machines is that they're not connected to a central database as such. So they're only loaded with the information from that local ward or, or local voting voting district. And that does pose problems. However, it won't pose a problem in the local municipal elections. But when it comes to a national election, we had that had the problem uh, last in the last post where people could go to multiple stations and vote vote once or twice, as the data from these machines only gets uploaded at a later stage. It's not not live connected. But they are looking at revising the machines and starting a a new system which is similar to that, but linked to a central database so it can give instant instant feedback and updates as to who has voted or already voted or who's trying to, to vote vote twice in any in any given area. But so yes, what's, what's, it's quite an effective what's, system. Sorry, yeah, sorry. and then once the votes are cast, right? So you got today, there's only one day to vote. Uh, what time do the, the polling stations close, actually? I'm not too sure what time they close. Traditionally, it's around about 6 o'clock. Okay. So, but, you know... Depending on the turnout, they might extend it, but we we really don't know. But we can get bank on around six o'clock in in most areas. So six o'clock it closes, and, and then a very interesting process starts because what happens is is the ballot boxes, some of which have been filled, because normally like more than one box gets filled, and then they put them they put them up, and they have a special cable tie which they tie on, which is numbered, and they they seal the boxes with the special blue tape so people can see that it can't be fiddled with, and then they count them in. The, in, in, in the, in the, in the stations overnight, and then that gets sent to a big, uh, electronic voting, uh, headquarters in Pretoria. Yeah, so, uh, that's the same, it's the, the IAC, uh, uh, main, main, uh, area there. Uh, I remember I was sitting in the, in the big hall in, in the last elections, and the votes come in as they finish the box, and they, they'll send the results of that box through. Registered to the tag and 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 so on, so you don't get it all in one in one shot. You can actually see uh, which areas are climbing up, and it's it's quite exciting sitting in that big hall and watching areas go up and areas go down, and then others catch up. And <laughs> I, I remember sitting there thinking, "Oh, this this party's going to win. This party's going to win." But then you realise that they're just counting votes in a certain area, and then it just that party stays stationary for about two hours, and the other one goes up. And it's it's quite fascinating to watch if you're into statistics and watching graphs, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Talking today to Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa, it's our election day special, encouraging you to go out and vote. Looking at the systems, the issues, uh, the, the the parties, the candidates, everything. It's going to be fantastic. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. And we're talking today to 
Rob Hutchinson. He is from dear South Africa. He normally joins us towards the end of the show, but he is joining us for a bumper special today. Now, Rob, what is particularly interesting, one of the particularly interesting elements of this election, is the extent to which we may see coalitions and swappings, particularly in major metropolitan areas, because the, for the first time that I can remember in an election, every single major city in the country, maybe bar Bloemfontein, is up for grabs. Would that be, I don't know, maybe you can't call Bloemfontein a, a major city, but uh, <laughs> PE, East London, Cape Town, Joburg, Ikurileni, uh the West Rand, they're, they're all on the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think everything's up for grabs in, in this election. And that's no doubt reflected by the number of um, private candidates or independent candidates that are also, uh, you know, hoping to get their, their mark in there. And yes, it's especially the major metros. I think the most uh, contested, contested election is going, or awards or region is definitely going to be, um, uh, Gauteng with Joburg and Schwani and maybe not so much Midval, but Midval's been, uh, pretty much a DA stronghold for, for quite a while. And I think that, that will, that will no doubt stay. But when it comes to Schwani and Joburg, I think we're going to see the likes of Action SA and the VF Plus making inroads quite quite considerably there since the ANC um, hasn't been performing very well in, in those regions at all. And the DA also, to some extent, hasn't been performing too well in the Chwani area. So definitely expecting to see a, a major swing in votes in, the, in those, those areas. And we don't, we don't tend to think of Ikurileni as a coalition, but actually... Um, that actually is currently governed on an ANC, uh, AIC coalition, uh, of, I think it's like 48% and, and, and 4% or something like that. The AIC is a, the African Independent Congress, which is actually a party based in, in the Eastern Cape, which is kind of bizarre. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, Questions about about that. I think the whole issue was raised around the the manner in which the actual ballot papers were structured, as to how the AIC got so many votes when they were an unknown party. And I remember the conclusion there was that their name is very similar to the ANC, plus they were uh, exactly underneath the ANC, and they they their logo looks pretty similar. So it might have been voter confusion in that instead of being ANC became AIC and therefore a mixture of both. So we'll see if that's if that's cleared up in this election. I I think it will be. And yeah, we'll see. I think there'll be a major swing in, in, in that area too. You know, the ANC is just after so many years has not delivered on, on the many promises and here they are in their campaign, making the exact same promises that they were twenty seven years ago. So whether the voters have woken up to that I should hope they have by now, or whether it's a new generation of voters that have um, more belief in in what the ANC can can do and actually believe the promises. Well, we'll we're up to up to uh, we'll have to wait and see on that side. But there again, I think um, Action SA might might have inroads there as well. It's certainly going to be interesting to see where some of that goes. And as you said, a lot of independent candidates that are running this year, particularly in small towns. Uh, which, which should be a very interesting dynamic. And maybe 
a move towards a kind of proper local uh, governance type structure where people really are thinking about who is representing them and their interests and and a sort of we're used to the national elections more or less reflecting the local elections and I think they will but but what you might start to see is a real differentiation at local level uh, from from national level going forward maybe maybe these elections will mark a, a sort of movement in that direction well, I absolutely hope so. I think, uh, and as you rightfully pointed out there, it's definitely in these smaller areas, in the smaller wards, and where there's a strong sense of community, I think we'll see the independent candidates shining in, in these elections. You know, the choice to vote for an independent is based on uh, how well you know that individual, how well they've performed as uh, as a, as an independent or as a civil civil activist or even as a business leader within that local community, so it's based on reputation and performance and past history. Whereas party voting for a party is based on the promises and hope that party will bring. So definitely in the local and smaller communities, I certainly hope we do see a rise of of the independents. Chatting today to Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa. Now, Rob, going back to the bigger metros again, you know, municipalities are horrendously run in many parts of the country. Uh, there's huge issues when it comes to infrastructure, backlogs on maintenance. It's a real problem. Uh, and, and one of the issues which has actually come up, uh, in, in the run up to the election, which I thought was quite interesting because you don't normally have uh, parts of the system like this that are commenting on this is that I, th- I think it was Growth Point, which is a, a building landlord company. They were saying that they're getting frustrated because there's been these very large hikes in 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 rates uh, and taxes, but not necessarily a um, commensurate uh, hike in 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 delivery around their their buildings. And I think you can kind of see the similar sort of process in uh, some sort of process in, in the way that electricity provision, for example, is being operated, which is another problem of multiple double digit increases in cost and, and obviously with load shedding, which you would have seen the whole of last week, uh, not, not service provision. So, you know, can, can these elections help, help these sorts of, of, of problems? Because, you know, I remember one of the biggest things during the last year in in this election up into these elections is that we had to close the M1 South in Johannesburg because there were cracks in the bridge and apparently 80% of our bridges don't work. That's a terrifying statistic uh, and and something that that is kind of waiting for a disaster to happen. Yeah, definitely. I think if you for to answer that you're going to have to look at election manifestos and the promises uh, offered by by parties or even even independence at that stage, but I think more look at the parties there, because when it when it comes to the business model of of local municipalities, the parties that are that are offering to relook the entire business model are the ones you should be going for. The old business model of of municipalities is no longer relevant. Many people are moving moving off grid. Um, becoming, especially businesses, becoming power independent by introducing their own generation capacities. And even when it's rooftop solar, we've seen a whole lot of 
businesses do that in the car parks and so on. And that kills a, kills a municipality, which makes most of its money from the resale of, of electricity and the delivery of, of, of water. So obviously they, a lot of municipalities have uh, introduced tariffs, fixed tariffs to counteract this downward spiral, but that's not a sustainable business model either when it comes to service delivery. Why must I, as an, as an individual, pay a fixed rate um, or a pipe levy or whatever it is when I'm still not getting or receiving any any services or water or, or electricity? So I think those that are proposing to uh, encourage people to get off grid um, make the, the, the point of doing business a lot easier and access to, to services for businesses, local businesses, those are the ones that are gonna, gonna shine in, in, in this election. We can't be promising the same old, same old of service delivery. It's time to rethink the, the entire model. So those that are, that are looking at that and offering that, those are the ones to go for. Now the other interesting thing about local elections that you don't find necessarily in national elections is that Incumbents in whatever area, the incumbent being the, the person who's normally running the city or, or whoever that is, typically their supporters don't actually come out when it comes to, when it comes to local government elections. And there's always actually opposition in whatever it is, wherever the place is that, that's being contested, where in local elections, you tend to get opposition parties coming out, uh, against whoever it is that's actually running at that time. Now, what's interesting about that is you get something called differential turnout, where because of our system, which basically counts every single vote, and because you have, um, because you have the, the the sort of people who are already in charge not voting and the opposition coming out, you can end up having quite large gaps in in local government voting polls that are not really matched in 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 a national election, and so you actually, unlike national elections where you tend to get sort of sort of static um, votes or, or, or things which are kind of predictable. Local government can actually be quite unpredictable, and you can actually find uh, swings and changes, uh, especially in places where maybe coalition is being held on by one vote or something like that. So there actually is a real chance for change as well. Definitely, definitely there is, and that's that's great to see because you know in in elections it's it's normally change from the ground up especially in a, in a local municipal election. And that's a, it's a good time for a party to sort of sit back and self-reflect uh, for their national strategy. And, you know, because the, the government is normally so far removed from, from the people on the ground that they, they just make decisions and, and assumptions most of the time on a national level. But in a municipal election, it's it's all about service delivery and about connecting with my local ward council and and then connecting with the party on a on a separate level. So parties should take note of what's what's going on. Um, I think it's going to be uh, rather revealing and quite a shock for some parties that might have thought they were had a a stable and consistent voter base in these areas. But at the end of the day, it's all about performance. Um, of the individual rather than, than the party. Although in the larger parties, you know, if the party's doing poorly on, on a national level, that will impact the local, the local candidates opportunities as well.
because obviously he's part of the party and carries carries that branding and that stigma, whether he's part of it or whether they're part of it or not. So yes, it's I think again I, I think it's it's going to as you say be a be a quite an eye opener and revealing of of what's going on in the ground and a, perhaps a true reflection of the sentiment of of the South African voter. Now, Rob, what about voter apathy? Right, there is a sense in which there might be might be people considering a bit of a low turnout for this election. People thinking that it doesn't matter uh, and that things don't change. Uh, we've seen reports in some rural towns of people protesting and not allowing. Uh, elections to take place because they say that protesting is more important. Is is there a sense in which even if we vote in a completely new slate of people, it's not going to make a difference? Is that that something that you think is a valid viewpoint? Definitely. Voter apathy is is always out there and it's ever increasing as, as people become more aware as to what politics is really about. And um, it's never more more reflected as being about a, a personal approach rather than delivering services than in a muni- municipal election. But, you know, all I can say to voter apathy is get out there and vote, especially in a in a municipal election. It's it's almost a direct voting system, which we'd love to see on a, on a national level. You're voting for an individual rather than, than a party. So base base a vote on the performance of that individual and casting your vote in, in, in a local municipal election is that if you're not happy with, with the candidate, you can always vote them out. You don't have to wait for an election. You can file a complaint with the party that they represent. If they don't represent a party, then you can file a complaint with the local council and with the IEC and they, they will review that, that candidate. It's, it's not, it's not a permanent thing like, like a national election. So definitely your, your vote definitely does count. And, you know, if you want service delivery and you believe an, an individual can do it, then get out there and make it happen. It's about, it's all about your immediate needs in, in a local election. So apathy should be chucked out the window. I can fully understand apathy on, on a national level where, you know, you get the sense that your vote isn't going to make a difference because a party controls national policy and so on. But not so on a on a municipal election. You are you are responsible for who you select as the most adequate person or party or candidate to deliver services directly to to your home. Yeah, and ultimately with with the ward councillors, right? That is the person who is going to be at the other end of your phone call when something is going wrong. Uh, and so they are also able to, you need to think about is who is that person going to be almost regardless of the party because they're the person you're going to have to deal with. 100% correct. And that person, I mean, if they're a responsible candidate, they should always be available to their constituents. This is my number. This is what I'm in control of. This is how I can sort out the local issues. As I promised before the elections, I will continue to do so. So you can directly hold someone accountable and transparent in, in their in their service delivery. Talking today to Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa, Election Day Special. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 High FM. I am Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. Talking to Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa. Uh, and Rob, I think 
really the only other important thing we've covered a lot of ground in terms of the election for today is the issue of coalitions. That actually it might not in many places be one party that's going to be running the show. How how do you think coalitions are going to look this time around? They were kind of uneven. We saw sort of certainly Joburg and Schwani, a little bit of back and forth, Nelson Mandela Bay. In Nelson Mandela Bay, though, it seems to have worked eventually. It settled down. This municipality was running. Uh, so there it seems to have been useful. Other places, less so. Uh, where do you see the coalition element in this particular election? Well, coalition is very difficult. You know, we have a, a young democracy as such. 27 years is, is still youth under, <laughs> under ANC standards, up to 35, isn't it? But yeah, so we have a, a youth democracy uh, at, at this stage. So not much experience in, in coalitions, or none of the parties really have, have great experience in there. And they tend to bring political baggage and ideology in, into it, which is, which is a fault. You know, when it comes to local governance, you've got to put political baggage and ideology aside and focus on good governance. And if it's done correctly, then uh, a coalition can absolutely work brilliantly because each each party brings a different viewpoint to and a different has a different understanding of their their relative constituents. And together, they can they can come up with a a brilliant plan to provide service delivery to everyone within within that district. However, it does require compromise from everybody within within the coalition. And we, to date, we haven't really, really seen that. We've seen certain parties wanting to control a, a coalition, and we lead this coalition. In in, in a coalition, there's, there's no leader. It's, it's a group governance that happens, whatever project's at hand. You put the a uh, person with who's most skilled to do that, and it doesn't matter which party they come from. It would be great if we could actually say, okay, once we're in a coalition, we drop the party party branding, we drop the the uh, uh, political side behind it, and we just focus on governance. But I don't think we're at that point in in our democracy yet. There's still too much competition and ideology that that drains through to it. And you're right, we've seen. The results of, of poor coalitions um, in most areas in and uh, the results of good coalitions in literally just the one that you mentioned. So, yeah, I think we've got a, a lot to learn from that. Coalitions are no doubt going to happen. However, I think it's up to us as the public to manage those coalitions and make sure that they happen and deliver what they're supposed to do. Now, what is the process going forward? We've got voting today, um, counting tonight. When are we likely to start seeing results that have some kind of validity in terms of in terms of election results this week? We should start seeing them uh, almost immediately uh, as those those boxes get sealed up. They get they get sent through and, and counted, and the results the results added to to the to the major spreadsheet. But we, we can get a pretty good idea of trends based on uh, previous performance and uh, based on on the, the results as they as they dribble in. So I think keep an eye on it. Um, but you know things can always swing at the at the last minute, especially in in the major metros. And no doubt we'll we'll see that happening uh, right towards towards the end. Exactly the same as as we did in in the la- the last elections. I think reliable results, um, uh, we can start seeing definitely by late this evening, possibly tomorrow morning. 
um, we'll get a good idea of, of where things are going. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that is going to be very interesting and something I guess that you'll be covering on the show on Wednesday. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to get a few winners and losers in and discuss what went right and what went wrong. Well, that, that will be certainly, I think, a very interesting edition of Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson. So you can stay tuned for that on Wednesday at uh, 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock, hey, Rob? Was it 12 o'clock? Wednesday at midday, yeah. So, so there we go. That's, um, that's great. Rob, thank you so much uh, for joining us. And I guess the whole lesson, the whole message out of the discussion that we've had today is go out there and vote because really that's the most effective way that you can communicate to, to the government what you're feeling and thinking. Absolutely. Get, get out there, put the apathy aside, especially in, in these, these elections. Hold on to the apathy for, for the general elections, but definitely in your municipal elections, get out there, make your mark and make sure that you get your, get what you ask for and get what you expect. So it's not just about making your vote or making your mark today. It's about keeping in touch, keeping your ward councillor on their toes and pushing forward. There we go, Rob Hutchinson from Just South Africa, joining us for today's bumper edition of the new Blue Review with election focus. And uh, Rob, we'll chat to you again and I guess cover some of this ground next week. Absolutely. It'll be absolutely wonderful. Thank you, Benji. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much, Rob Hutchinson there from South Africa.